The construction industry is undergoing a huge transformation. Designers and contractors are facing new challenges every day. We are all overloaded with rising material cost, a growing skilled labor gap, increasing project complexities, and countless digital solutions. This podcast focuses on innovation through process analysis, change management, and building a culture of continuous improvement. Together, we will learn from industry leaders on how to improve workflows, increase communication, and build the future. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into this week's episode. Hello, everyone. It's Amanda Harbison coming to you from the Nika Innovation Overload Podcast Studio. And I'm joined by Tahir Ali and today's special guest, Rob Treffs, who is the VP of Pipe and Electrical Solutions at Greenlee. Rob, we're so excited to have you on and talk to you today. To start off, tell us about your background and how you got into this industry. Yeah, great. Yeah, thanks. Thanks again for having me. Yeah, really, really excited about uh, the opportunity here. Get a little bit about my background. So I'm married. I've got, I've got three kids. I uh, studied mechanical engineering in college and also got my MBA. I've got, uh, came out of college, got my professional engineering license while I was uh, working as an engineer coming out of school. I uh, got my first introduction to the trades and really to the construction industry, working for a large general contractor and working on, working on a job site at the time. Shortly after that, I worked in the steel industry and more of a, a maintenance MRO type of application. Again, um, working with the crews that are maintaining and working on equipment and, and using tools day in, day, days in and days out. Um, so so got some kind of exposure and baseline uh, uh, knowledge of the industry there. And then uh, shortly after that, joined Emerson. I've been with Emerson now for about 17 years, majority of that with our Pro Tool segment. Uh, Pro Tool segment includes both our uh, Greenly and Rigid products. I've had the opportunity now to work in the headquarters for Greenly as well as our headquarters for Rigid. And um, it's been a lot of fun working uh, across both of those uh, brands and on the products and with the customers and, and so forth. With my current role, I'm very much involved with our product management team. It's a ton of fun because we get to spend time on the job sites, working with our customers, working with our different partners, coordinating with, the, with our new product development teams and working on our new product development portfolio. The best part about the job for me is really I get to learn something new every day. The industry is constantly evolving, and we're constantly learning about what's what's the new, what's the newest and greatest, and what what change is, is coming, and being on top of those and in front of those trends as they evolve and as they change, and it uh, creates opportunities to learn about new things, new processes, new solutions, and new problems to solve every day. So. Every day is a new adventure, I, I suppose. That's the, the perfect attitude to have, especially in our industry. And Rob, we're so excited to have you here. And in the spirit of learning and changing and evolving, one thing that we, we often like to discuss with our, our guests is this idea of innovation, right? It's such a buzzword and it can mean so many different things. So when you think of innovation uh, in your personal and professional roles, what does innovation look like to you? Innovation to me is really finding new and unique ways to solve a problem. You know, so there's, there's some problems that are new and some problems that have been around a long time, but really taking a new angle and being creative and, and finding new ways of, of solving those, those problems. You know, I'm lucky enough to be able to work for a company that really fosters innovation and, and, really, and really drives and invests in innovation. It goes way back to really the start of the company. Greenlee was founded on innovation in the beginning. The, the Greenlee brothers actually got started by building barrels that were used in the oil industry. That was a successful business at first, but it, but it evolved as the industry evolved and they got into more woodworking tools and woodworking applications. 
which eventually led to drilling and making holes, which they evolved into metal knockouts. So in 1928, Greenlee actually launched the first metal knockout tool for knocking holes in electrical boxes and has continued to innovate ever since. And so, you know, fast forward to today, we are still launching new products that are innovative and unique and first of the world types of types of products. And it's all driven by that, by that foundation on spending time with our customers, understanding the pain points, understanding the projects and the the jobs that they have to get done and trying to make those just a little bit easier or solve some of those problems that they're seeing on a, on a regular basis so that uh, we can help them help them throughout their job and what they need to get done. That's so great. And it, you know, you, you really highlighted such a rich history of, again, problem solving and, and looking to, you know, how do you come up with new ideas um, or powerful ways to make an impact, which is, you know, in the case of a knockout, literally make an impact. So one of the things that, um, you mentioned you you mentioned this idea of, of learning new things every day and and spending time on the job site. Can you um, for our listeners who spend most of their time on the job site? Can you explain a little bit of when you're when you or your team is going out to the job site? What are, what are the goals and what do you um, you know how do you kind of incorporate what's happening on the job site into the quality of the product that you're able to to then deliver? Yeah, so the better that we understand what the contractors are doing, what their goals are, what their project needs are, the better that we can design products and solutions for those, those types of things. There's a number of examples where we have seen different trends in the industry and then we'll, we'll try to, to innovate or come up with opportunities to help, help in those areas. You know, one of those examples might be in prefabrication. Like there's, there's certainly a trend to bring more, more of the work in-house for prefab and, and shifting that uh, as opposed to doing it uh, more on, on the actual job site itself. With COVID, especially, that's accelerated recently as everyone's trying to social distance and keep job sites safe and, and everyone healthy. As that trend has been going on, we've developed a number of new products that help in that area. We've actually branched into software. And that's another way that our, our company has evolved as well is to bring bring software. And we, we have a um, uh, a program for, uh, just as an example, our, our Bendworks program, which now is not just job site, but extends into the office and into the whole workflow of a contractor of when they're doing the design work and the drafting to make sure that when that goes to the prefab shop, that everything is going to be physically able to be made and bent and, and to spec into um, into code. Then when it does get to the job site, that it's going to be installed and fit together correctly and and work seamlessly with with the vendors and the other products that they're they're using there. So it's it's really to go back to your to your question, to really be close to our customers and and know them and know the projects well enough that we can have honest and open discussions about what's working and what's not working so that ultimately we can improve and make things better, make things make products better for them in the long run. So you mentioned software and I know that for Emerson Greenlee, all the tools that you're using connected devices and making sure it's better for the job site. Can you dive a little bit into that of, you know, some of the benefits of how that helps our contractors? Speaking to our, our Benworks uh, software specifically, it is a program that's really designed to be used while the drawings are being made for the conduit to help, help in the conduit design so that the bend radiuses and so forth are actually physically being able to be made on the bender so that when the drawings are then passed on to that prefab shop that they they receive them and they when they bend them they can bend them to spec 
that they're within code so that there's not too many too much of a bend angle within the conduit run and, and so forth, things like that, that are, uh, you know, everything's within code. And then ultimately, um, then they can go and install, put the conduit in on the job site and everything's going to fit together properly so that hopefully you've eliminated, if not at least minimize any then secondary rework that has to be done on the job site to make sure everything's fitting together and, and uh, going into place as, as expected. So that, that's just, that's just one, you know, one of the examples there that's, We've been able to take, I guess, traditionally a hardware uh, tool company and, and extend into software then, and provide value and create new innovations you know, that may not be in the traditional or historical path that, that there was before. Thank you so much, Rob. And, and, and one of the things that you mentioned, right, is you've created this path with software that kind of changes the workflow, right? And that's something that from an innovation and a behavior standpoint, there can sometimes be challenges with how do you... How do you get teams, you know, to be able to understand how to use new software, get them trained up and, and able to, to adjust that workflow or to continue to evolve? What does that look like for you and your team? How do you approach kind of the upskilling and the, the long-term training that comes with these new solutions? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I guess there's a couple of different ways that we've approached that. Through our field sales team, we do a lot of training and spend a lot of time, again, in the field with the end users, with our customers. And they're you know, available and do a lot of job site training on new products, whether it's software or any of our other new products to make sure that they're being used properly, safely, as efficiently as possible. So that's certainly one way. And another thing that we've done is, you know, when we think about training is, you may have heard of our Green Apple Labs initiative, where we're actually now training uh, apprentices or, or really high school graduates that are, that are coming out that are interested in the industry and they want to get some training and they want to get some exposure. And we put together a, what we call our Green Apple Labs program, which is a certified um, training program that is, um, there's now 74 different labs installed throughout the country where people interested in entering the industry can, can go and get trained up and get certified in different processes within the electrical industry. So for example, there's a, uh, there's a bending module. And if you complete that module and complete that classwork there, um, then they can get certified as a, as a certified vendor through the Green Apples Lab program. You know, that's really been a great way to help introduce people that are interested in the trades and want to get some training and, and are really just getting started in their career throughout that process, learning not only how things are done today, but how um, things can be done in the future as we drive more efficiency and productivity in, into those processes. That's amazing to hear. I mean, that's we're struggling with that on all parts of the country of labor shortages. So to hear the efforts that are going on to train up people in our industry is amazing to hear. So I my next question for you is kind of a long shot question, but I love this one. So what are the biggest threats that you see are facing the electrical contracting industry? You know, I know Emerson is a leader in innovation and I was wondering what gaps or risks do you see that are facing us? Well, I think you you just mentioned it is one of the biggest things is just the labor shortage, making sure that we're supporting uh, people that want to enter the trades and want to get into the electrical industry and help supporting them from a training standpoint, like, like I just mentioned, but also trying to help drive productivity and efficiency on the job site um, so that we can we can make you know what we have go as far as we can. And, and so we're, we're trying to save time on the job site and make, make things a little bit more efficient or a little bit faster uh, today than maybe they were yesterday. And, and, you know, I mentioned some of the prefab activities we're doing there 
that's that's really helped drive some efficiency. Greenlee's launched a number of new products, specifically for prefabrication opportunities. You know, some people may be familiar with like our what we call our uh, C3, which is our metal clad uh, cable cutter, is a is a perfect example of that. Where a job that would have been done manually before can now be automated, and wire can be MC cable can be prepped and prepared for the job with through automation and not having to have someone do that throughout a whole shift or through a whole day or, or most of the times many shifts in a row. So, so that's, that's one example. There's a, there's a number of other products that we've launched that are helping to drive it, drive that efficiency on the job site. And again, make things just maybe just a little bit easier or a little bit faster than they were, had been done before. I think you may have uh, already started to kind of hit on this a little bit, but Rob, when you talk about driving productivity and efficiency, how do you recommend that our contractors measure that? Like when, when you think of these, these terms of you know, everyone wants to be more productive, more efficient, what does that look like? And how do you kind of show that ROI? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I think what most contractors are doing is, is they're, they're using their different labor rates to determine how long a job should take and, and how much labor it's, essentially it will take to get the job done. You know, I know that they're, they'll be measuring that certainly the, the, you know, the more sophisticated contractors out there will be certainly be measuring how much labor are we putting into each job and are we uh, meeting or exceeding the rates that, that we have as they incorporate new technologies and new ways of doing things into their process, they can then reset their rates to, to those faster or, or, you know, those lower levels going forward, which essentially allows them to realize that, realize that gain. Now, some contractors will keep that saving, you know, that labor savings and, and that becomes additional profit. And sometimes you need that labor savings to go out and win a bid and be more aggressive and be able to get that, get that next job. And it, you know, it all kind of depends on each situation and, and how that's done. But ultimately with the labor shortage in the industry, the successful contractors long-term are going to be needing to drive efficiency throughout all parts of their operations. We certainly strive to be part of that and to help provide some of that as they're doing the doing the job and using using the tools on the job site to help drive some of that efficiency. That's awesome. And you know, like you said, you have that opportunity to take the 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 cost savings or the the time saved and put it into uh, more profit or more investment forward. Or you have that opportunity to use it to to kind of drive in the competitive nature of your bids. And and one thing, Rob, that I think you you kind of hit on this idea of creating these wonderful products and getting them out into the into the field and into the market. There's almost this this element of storytelling behind it, right? It's not just about creating something powerful or good or efficient, but also communicating, right? When we talked about the skill and the upskill and the training, what is your advice as, as both a innovator and a storyteller, what is your advice for our contractors and our listeners out there on how to kind of make sure that they are also telling their stories that whether it's a story of the specialty skills or the, um, you know, areas of expertise that they have or what they're capable of, how would you advise them to approach the art of, of storytelling for impact in terms of, of being a true innovator and an influencer? You know, I, you know, I think that's a, that's a great question. You know, certainly being able to show and communicate some of the things that you've worked on and um, some of the things that may be different than kind of the norm or the rest of the pack and, you know, highlighting those with, with your customer and with your audience and, and demonstrating, you know, I know for for us certainly, we certainly try to 
sure, we'll tell you about it and you'll see our ads and you'll see our, our, our social media on it. But really the proof is when someone tries the product, they put it to, through its paces on the job site and they ultimately realize that, that it's a better solution for them. And that's really what it, what it comes down to. Certainly we're going we're gonna to communicate the different benefits and features of a product and try to um, communicate that. But ultimately it's got to go through the, it's got to walk the walk. You know, we can, we can talk the talk all day, but it's got to walk the walk. Certainly that's what, what we focus on. And when we're doing our innovations of our products, we're going to make sure that we've tested them thoroughly and they've gone through life cycle testing and they've gone through all the different types of abuse and, and they're going to be job site ready. I think the parallel to that, to many of the contractors out there is, is, you know, being able to demonstrate and show that, yes, we've been able to accomplish this. We've been able to do this. We're not just talking the talk, but we, we can walk the walk and we can show that we can meet the demands and expectations of, of ultimately of their customers. So that makes me want to kind of switch gears and really dive in to Emerson itself. I mean, if you're putting out these amazing, innovative, you know, solutions and really diving deep in how they're going to make our, you know, electrical contractors better, what is that company culture like? You know, how, how does your company really spark that innovation in your employees? What does that look like at Emerson? Yeah. So, you know, I think Part of it is just the way we're, we're, you know, we're organized. We've got dedicated NVD teams that are really focused on driving, driving the new product projects and, and ultimately delivering those. One of the things that I think everyone's aware of is that recently, I guess it's been three years now, but relatively recently, we've combined both Greenlee and Rigid, both under the Emerson, into the Emerson family. It's really been a, a cool transition because we've got Rigid being the, the, leader in the mechanical and plumbing space and Greenlee being the leader in the electrical and electrical utility space and combining these two awesome organizations and really being able to ultimately take the best practices from each and then create basically a new combined um, new process where we've been able to cherry pick the best, the best of the best, essentially, you know, what's the best processes that Rigid has used and the best process that Greenlee has used and combine those, combining those so that we're, ultimately driving efficiency and innovation through our own internal processes, as well as the, the products that, that we're producing and making. Rob, we do have a lot of contractors and a lot of listeners, you know, regardless of what part of the industry that they're in, who have been part of a merger and acquisition, companies coming together, as you mentioned, kind of this uh, rigid uh, Greenlee and Emerson uh, combination that happened about three years ago. What would you say are some pieces of advice for not just, you know, again, the, the, it, it's wonderful when we can have those moments to apply the best of the best, but when you hit those moments of turbulence or how do you kind of avoid, you know, and be proactive. So you don't have those moments of turbulence when you're bringing together three kind of well-known brands or three kind of well-established cultures and companies under one giant umbrella. I think the biggest thing is to be open to change the attitude of, well, this is the way we've done it. And this is the way we've always done it is not the right outlook. It's much better to approach things with an open mind of, well, let's go learn how other people are doing things and how, how they've solved some of the problems that, that we have and be open to adjusting your own processes and, and adapting some of the things that are coming from through an acquisition or, or through other partnerships and so forth. And having that open mind and being able to accept that change and being objective as to what really is the best solution versus, well, this is the way that we've done it. So we should, we should use this. 
So I guess that, that would be my main piece of advice is approach it with an open mind and be open to, to changing your own process if, if that's the best thing to do. Yeah, I think change management is always a, an obstacle no matter what, but once you get past it, great things can always occur. So I asked about Emerson, but now I want to ask you personally. So how do you keep up with all the research and learning? What are your favorite methods on keeping a pulse on the industry? That's a great question. So you know, I think there's 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 not one silver bullet there that there's just one easy way to, to do that. It's it's really for me, it's it's talking with lots of different people. I, I really enjoy working with our customers, whether it's going to job site visits, like I mentioned earlier. Of course, conventions like the the the, the upcoming NIC convention is a great way to meet people, whether that's old friends or making new friends and making new contacts in the industry and observing what we're seeing on on the job site as people are changing their process and things are are being done differently. And being able to see that change and then incorporate that into our our planning and into our products and into um, you know what we plan to do for going forward. How do you, Rob, when you're when you're bringing you know new talent on and you're creating opportunities for them to learn? We talked about kind of your rich history and how you've been able to grow within the industry. How do you pass that along? How do you pass along that that thirst for ideas or knowledge and help to guide the the next generation of innovators? So when we're recruiting, we're always looking for people that have a lot of initiative, creativity, and curiosity, really. People that want to go out and learn about new things and and understand why things are done the way they are and understand what's driving the different decisions. And taking that initiative to to kind of take the next step of of really getting that insight and you know, having that those types of core foundational characteristics really helps then as people are getting into our organization to come up to speed and to embrace uh, many of the objectives and and a number of things that we're working on. I think that's so important, right? Knowing kind of the type of talent you want to bring in and then giving them the opportunities and means and methods to, to become more ingratiated with your company. So Rob, we've talked about a lot of things today. We talked about your own background and company culture and people culture and how to learn whether you're creating new avenues for your business or creating new processes altogether, and even how to communicate some of those wins or those strengths of your own organization. So as we as we kind of bring it all together and bring it all home, what would you say is you know a personal mantra or a call to action or just a takeaway that you would want to leave our audience with as they kind of eject from this conversation and go back to everything that they do in their daily lives with a fresh perspective. Yeah, I think I would kind of go back to just embrace the change. There's there's going to constantly be change in in our industry and in the way things are done. We got to embrace that and we got to move forward with it and trying to resist the change or kind of sticking with the old way of doing things is in my opinion is not the right way to go. You're you're going to get left behind and um, the, the industries and competitors are going to evolve and we've all got to make sure that we're evolving with the industry and evolving, evolving with that change. I love that. Keep changing. So thank you so much, Rob, for being on the show with us today. And thank you for your insights. For all of our listeners, feel free to reach us at innovation at nikonet.org with any questions or comments. We look forward to hearing your view of innovation and the challenges ahead. 